0: What? How? You're a shapeshifter. How can your power just disappear? My pulse raced. How should I know? But it's gone and try again. Maybe you were nervous or something. Brooks looked at me, her face like stone. I told you it's gone. Brooks, what's going on with you? Why aren't you telling me? What? Yeah, why aren't you telling me? Forget I said anything. She knocked on the back window to ask Honda to stop. When he did, we climbed into the truck's cab. Without saying anything, Brooks made it clear I wasn't to join her in the back seat. When I first met Brooks, I thought her eyes could hide mountains. I always knew they held secrets she would never tell me. But tonight her eyes were cold and unblinking, and they made me feel like I was walking on a crumbling stone wall. She wasn't just hiding something big, she was hiding something dark. I rested my head against the window, trying to make sense of everything. But Hondo wanted to relive his hammer slam over and over again. And did you see how the claw of the hammer drove right into that monster's skull? It was a thing of beauty, Zane, a real thing of beauty. Actually, it was kind of creepy to see a hammer going into my face or a face that looked like mine, but still. Yeah, true beauty, I thought about the shadow magic Brooks said they used to make the imitations of us. What else could shadow magic do? Hondo, I kept my eyes on the headlight beams shining across the highway. Yeah? Thanks for coming and, or for spending your money and being a demon fighting tank, he chuckled. You kidding? This you kidding? This is a rush, kid. Better than watching any wrestling match. Even better than that time Meat Grinder stole the title from reigning dead thief. Remember? Poor dead thief went to work at Home Depot after that. He shook his head like he really felt for the guy. Who wants to be a ring rat when they can actually be in the ring? No one, that's who. He slugged me in the arm. You got guts, kid. Real guts. Did I? I didn't feel so gutsy. But wrestling's a sport, I said. This is... It's real life and we could actually die. I'd hate myself if anything ever happened to Hondo. Better to die a freaking warrior, he said, than a night crawling janitor. I don't think I've ever loved the guy more. As soon as I was asleep, I fell into a dream. I was back home walking through the desert toward the volcano. The sky was blood red and a hot dry wind blew from the east. I looked down and saw that I was pushing a grocery cart and inside was Miss Cab in her chicken form, hopping from one foot to the other. What are you doing in my dream? I asked her as I pushed the cart over the bumpy earth. This is a futile effort. Are you going to yell at me again? She opened her beak then closed it like whatever she was going to say, she changed her mind. I asked, how's Mr. Ortiz? She clucked and then said, these dumb chicken eyes are worthless. When I kill Apooch, you'll go back to your regular self. You must attack his blind side. The earth began to shake and sparks flew from the volcano launching themselves across the desert like many fire missiles aimed at my head. A terrible rumbling sound echoed across the land and a stream of lava burst out of the beast, racing down the mountain right toward us. Miss Cab shook her head. Time to wake up, Zane. I spun the cart and raced away from the water. You can't outrun it, Miss Cab said. The earth turned to quicksand and I began to sink along with the cart. Her beady chicken eyes narrowed. I said to wake up, Zane. I'm in no mood to be swallowed by the earth. I'm trying. And when you do, make sure to remember I'm a chicken. She leaped onto the cart's handle and rammed her beak into my hand as the lava licked at my heels. I started to scream, but then I woke up, ripping, gripping my hand and kicking my legs. The car was parked in a lot off a two-lane highway and Honda was gone. Brooks, still, Brooks was still asleep in the back seat. thank God. Catching my breath, I looked at the back of my hand. There was a small red spot in the middle of it. First she'd screamed at me and now she'd pecked me. Definitely needed to smash that eyeball. It was barely dawn. The world was foggy and covered in gray. I yawned, stretched my arms over my head and rubbed my eyes. Then I saw it the beach right in front of me. I sat there staring at it with wide eyes because I didn't want to forget what it was like to see the ocean for the first time. The way the white waves rushed out of the fog like they were in a hurry or how the jagged cliffs loomed over the water like some kind of guardian. Brooks, I shook her. Check it out. She blinked awake, nodded, then closed her eyes again like the ocean was an inconvenience. Whatever. Where were we? Out the window, a wooden sign read Solana Beach. I reached for the road atlas and my eyes roved over it until until I saw we were in San Diego, just a couple hours south of LA. I got down from the truck. The air was cool and wet and salty. I spotted Hondo over at a food truck on the other end of the parking lot. He waved at me and I motioned that I was going to check out the beach. A couple surfer guys were sitting on the back bumper of their van, pulling on their wetsuits. A golden lab danced in place, whining. It made me Miss Rosie even worse. I stepped onto the sand, trying to balance on my walking stick. But it was mushy and uneven, impossible to get a foothold. The waves were only 30 or so yards away. Seeing the sea wasn't enough. I had to touch it. I kicked off my sneakers and socks. The coarse sand was chilly and damp. Sharp bits of white shell poked out. After a few steps, I realized the stick was worthless. This is no different from balancing on the edge of the volcano, I told myself. One foot in front of the other, just placing the right amount of weight on each foot. I'd come face to face with the god of death and killed the demon runner. Surely I could walk across the sand. I was worried Honda would call me back any second. Because once he'd had his breakfast and coffee, he'd want to get on the road. But no way was I going to waste this moment. A seagull circled overhead as I took the last few steps between piles of brownish green seaweed. Ha, 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 It cried. The cold waves touched my toes and I couldn't help but smile a huge goofy smile. Wow, the ocean was seriously a lot bigger close up. I tossed my stick onto the beach and inched farther into the water. It was like ice, but I didn't care. I went in up to my ankles, then to my knees. My jeans were soaked and I felt like they weighed a hundred pounds. A small white wave rushed toward me, knocking me over. I came up laughing, shaking the water out of my hair. You're not what I expected, a female voice said. I guess I should stop here and warn you, gods, that you are seriously not going to like this part of the story, so prepare yourselves. I turned, peering through the morning fog, but there was no one on the shore and I couldn't see past the waves because the mist was too thick. Hello, I called out. No answer. Anyone there? I shuffled backward toward the shore, shivering. I suddenly felt like I was being watched. A tingle ran through me and I didn't know if it was because I was freezing or something else. Maybe I'd imagined the voice. Yeah, I know, but a guy can hope, can't he? Gripping my stick, or sorry, grabbing my stick, I dragged it through the thick wet sand. Zane was here. Then came the weird thing. In the empty (coughs) space next to my name, new letters materialized slowly as if invisible fingers were writing in the sand. Look. What the, I scanned the empty beach, did a 180 to search the water, but I was alone. I dropped to my knees and rub furiously with my finger. Who are you? Holding my breath, I waited. Then look, I stared hard at the letters until a wave washed them away. When the wall of mist vanished and then the wall of mist vanished and beyond the waves, a woman sat on a surfboard bobbing gently. She had shockingly white blonde hair, but it was too far away for me to see any other details. Come out, she said, and strangely I could hear her as if she were standing right next to me. Was she delusional? No way I was going to dive under those waves and swim up to some stranger who could write in the sand like a ghost. You must hurry, we only have minutes, she said. Why don't you come to the shore? The time rope won't reach that far. Time rope? I've had enough demons after my head i plopped onto the sand so whatever you want to tell me you can do it from here from there she waited closer then something jerked her back she took a frustrated breath your father sent me okay she had my attention now i jumped to my feet you know my father Shh, you want them to hear you i looked around there was no one else here unless you counted the seagull and the surfer guys still in the parking lot them time is of the essence and the longer you stand on that shore the less time i have to help you in your quest I inched toward the water suspiciously. How do I know you won't drown me? Because your father would demolish me if I touched a hair on your head. I probably should have walked away, but I was curious. Maybe she could tell me who my father was once and for all. Maybe she really had. Maybe he really had sent her. I hadn't forgotten the distant image of a guy on the pyramid and how he'd tried to stop me from making the deal with Apooch. But since then, M.I.A. Carefully, I waded in. The first wave knocked me over. Dive under, she instructed, or you'll never get past the breakers. As the next wave rolled toward me, I dove beneath. The water was icy and dark. The salt burned my eyes and made my skin itch and my heart raced unevenly like a skipping stone. I came up for air just as another wave was forming. I dove again. Finally, I was past the waves and swam through the rippling water to where the woman waited, bobbing on her shiny black surfboard. I treaded water keeping enough distance to Vamoose if I had to. I was she said. Okay, so not only did she have the white blonde hair with caramel brown streaks, it was knotted into dreadlocks and looked like she hadn't washed it in a century. She wore a tapered leopard skin cape. It had a hood that hung to the side. Her mouth was turned up like she was on the verge of a smile and her ears were pointed, but instead of being where they were supposed to be, they stuck up at the top of her head like a cat's and her eyes, they burned green and aqua blue constantly changing like a turning kaleidoscope. I told myself to take a deep breath as I floated in the water, to be calm. So what if a surfer cat lady wanted to talk to me? Oh God, what if she worked for Ishtab? What if she was Ishtab? I remembered the image of Ishtab in my book, always with a rope around her neck. This woman was clutching a gold rope, its end trailing into the dark waters as if it was connected to an anchor. I swept my arms forward, trying to distance myself. But the tide was like a magnet, pulling me closer and closer. OK, so this was a really bad idea. And just like that, the tide stopped, and the waves froze in mid-crash. The air went still. It was as if the whole world had stopped spinning. The cat surfer ran her hands through the sea, and a, and a silver-bodied board appeared. Join me before you drown, quickly. So she didn't want to plunge me into the depths of the Pacific. I needed the rest. So I cradled the board and brought myself to a straddling sitting position, a straddled sitting position. you g- got a w- w- wet suit I c- c- could b- borrow, I shivered. She looked around nervously, fine, no magic wetsuit was going to appear. I supposed I shouldn't have, I should have been grateful for the bodyboard. Who are you, I asked, my teeth chattering. Please, please, please don't say you I prayed, I am the goddess of time. For now, you may call me Pacific," she said, arching a perfect brow. I don't remember ever reading about any such goddess. How come I've never heard of y- you? Pacific's gaze intensified. I was erased from the glyphs, my people's stories, as if I never existed. It was one of the most powerful. Of, I was one of the most powerful of the gods," she said with a huff. The great sky watcher. I taught the people to read the stars to plant their harvest at the appointed time, to prepare for the seasons. But then I made a grave mistake. She narrowed her eyes. I told of a prophecy the gods didn't want to hear. The prophecy? My voice hitched in my throat. I have many names, Zane. I am the great fate, the soothsayer, who foretold of a boy who would be born unlike any we've ever seen. I gave her a blank stare. Holy crap, she was the soothsayer? My blood started to warm up. You're Miss Cabs great ancestor. Not by blood, of course, but by secret. But that doesn't matter now. What matters is that you're a halfer. I know. Half? She blinked slowly like she was trying to understand what the word meant. I tried again. You know, like a hybrid, a mix, crossbreed. Pacific scooped a handful of the sea into her hand. The gods do not measure in human terms. He may be half or more than half. Half is plenty, thanks. She sighed. My prophecy frightened the gods because it brought to it brought to mind the Hero Twins, the very first Godborns. Their mother was I had to look it up. She was from the underworld, Pacific said, and some say she was part human. Right. The one who fell for the skull. Wait, did she say Godborns? I hadn't heard that term before. Pacific swept a piece of knotted blonde hair from her pale face. The twins inspired jealousy in the gods, she continued. So the gods established a law that never again would such creatures be born and the punishment for any God who disobeyed of that of boiling acid, I guess. A long and torturous death, she said with a scowl. Seeing their fear, I knew I could never reveal that not only would you be descended from a God, but you were also the one destined to release our The very God they had imprisoned. Their rage would have shaken the stars from the sky. Okay, so my dad was a criminal, sort of. He must have heard about the prophecy and yet it hadn't stopped him from falling in love with my mom talk about hard-headed then i had another thought hang on so how does miss cab know i shared the prophecy with another seer from the bravest lineage a lineage i could trust i asked that she preserve its truth for generations so when the time came for the prophecy to be fulfilled a pooch could be stopped and your true identity be kept a secret but even she didn't know that you were to be god born so that's how miss Cav had gotten the gig i put the events in order god-born twins imprisoned god of death jealous of other gods Se- dangerous secret that's where i came in Ugh. she blinked her eye her cat eyes shifting her gauge gaze to the dark waters i only told the gods an innocent would be the one to release up she went on i left out the part that he would be god-born And you know what the gods did then? They used powerful magic to ensure that only a god could release sausage. So Brooks's guess was right. They thought they made the stinking one's prison foolproof, I said, but then I came along, the innocent fool. Pacific laughed lightly, The gods were the fools. They thought they could bypass my sight. She shook her head. They never put the pieces together. Okay, and what about my dad? Why would he risk torture by getting together with my mom? I didn't want to think any more about that. And you said you know him? We've been friends since the beginning. He was the only one who helped me when the gods erased me from memory. She spoke quickly. I was to be executed, but your father volunteered to do it himself. Instead, he brought me here to live beneath the ocean where Kukumatz hides me. I owe him. Kukumatz, isn't he the feathered serpent, God of the sea? also known as Kukulkan. Great, so my dad and Kukumats, aka God of Coolness, and Pacific were keeping the biggest secret of all time from the other gods. My side cramped. Why didn't my dad come to tell me all this himself? Why'd he send you? Pacific frowned, and bring the gods to you? That wouldn't be very strategic, would it? My head was about to explode. So who is he? Only he can reveal himself to you naturally. My heart banged against my chest like a wild beast trying to break free. Then why hasn't he? Pacific pulled her hood over her head, tucking her hair beneath. The gods would kill him if he were to claim you. They would know he was the one who had broken the sacred oath, don't you see? I felt sick. My heart, my stomach, my head, they pulsed with an anger that shook me to my core. So my dad didn't want to claim me because he was worried about saving his own butt, As if she could read my mind, Pacific leaned forward and whispered, if the gods were to find out who you are, they would kill you too. Your father is trying to protect you. Or protect himself. I didn't know it was worse, being marked by the gods or having my dad abandon me on purpose. So what am I supposed to do? Hide out for the rest of my life? Yes. She was definitely delusional. Thanks, but no thanks. I don't care about the gods. I'm not hiding. Pacific side. Stubborn like your father. I realized Pacific had a lot of information that could help me, and I wasn't about to let my dad, did I even have to call him that anymore, get in the way of my quest. You said you control time? I asked, because that would be awesome and totally help me crush Apooch. I am the keeper of time, but no longer the controller of it, just as I keep but cannot control fate. And now my powers have been reduced. Using them too much will draw attention to me, and the gods would know I live. What do you mean reduced? I kicked my legs under the power, or the, under the water to stay warm. You said you were one of the most powerful. Gripping the rope tighter, Pacific said, "When the gods stole the life from the stories that made me real, they took much of my power." Geez, these gods seem like the biggest jerks on the planet. Yeah, you read that right. Jerks with a capital J. Pacific's eyes burned with a fierceness that made me hope I was never on her bad side. Wait a second, I said, as an idea formed. You said the gods don't know about me being a hybrid. I mean god born, whatever. But you do, and my dad does. And two of the worst ones ever and two of the worst ones ever know about me too, Ishtab and a pooch. I knew that. When it comes to a secret, the more people who know about it, the more likely the secret isn't a secret anymore. What if they tell the others? Pacific let out a light laugh that almost sounded like a purr. Your father and I have protected this information for ages. We are not about to reveal it. As for Ishtab and Apooch, yes, they do pose a problem. But let's hope they are too busy waging their own wars. Was she kidding? That was a pretty big hope. Zane, your father, Pacific said, he asked me to give you something. Why would I want anything from him? You won't even tell me who he is. Pacific drew closer. And as she did, a huge spotted cat, at least four times the normal size, stepped out of her body, like some kind of feline ghost. I nearly flipped off my board as the fierce cat, a leopard stalked across the water like it was a solid surface and stopped right in front of me, blinking its golden eyes. Zane, Pacific said sternly, you must focus before they find us. Now listen, I know about your quest to defeat the great Apooch. So does your father and he isn't happy about it. Yeah, well, he gave up his right to an opinion when he decided to leave me in the dark. Wait a sec, how'd she know? She must have seen the question for me uh, because she said in time, I can see past, present and future. The continuum runs through me still. They couldn't take that away. Does that mean you can see my future? A tight lump formed in my throat. Did she know whether I was going to defeat Apooch or end up a miserable soldier of death, shoveling souls for the rest of my existence? Once I might've been able to, but now her voice trailed off. Then she sat straighter and said, There are choices that affect circumstances. One choice can lead to victory, the other to defeat. Today, I fulfill my debt to your father. I suddenly felt like I was standing at the bottom of the volcano, waiting for an avalanche of rocks to bury me. Time is unraveling, Zane. Pacific's eyes searched the skies, then found mine again. You will need great courage to defeat Apooch, more courage than you can imagine. I, I took down demon runners. I didn't count, didn't that count for something? Not that kind of courage, something more. I scanned the shore, trying to find Hondo's truck. When I was little, he was, the first, he was first teaching me about wrestling. He used to say that real heroes didn't always win the match, but they always had courage. Even when defeat was staring them in the face, something growled beneath the ocean. Foamy bubbles floated to the surface. I gripped my board. What was that? I can't hold the timer rope much longer, Pacific said, with a note of panic that made me wish I was on solid ground. It's time, Zane. The ocean began to churn again. Pacific narrowed her eyes. Then the leopard drew so close to her that I thought it would vanish back into her body. Gently, Pacific reached into its mouth while, put it, while petting its head softly like I do, used to do with Rosie. She, removed, she carefully removed a sharp incisor as if only thread connected it to the jungle cat's mouth. This is jaguar jade, the oldest magic in the universe. It will help you, she said, handing it to me. The tooth was about four inches long, bigger than what I had expected, and it had a razor sharp tip. As I turned it over in my hand, the tooth turned a deep green and pulsed with a strange warmth. I didn't get it. What good was a jade tooth when I was up against the god of death? Was I supposed to stab him in the eye with it? This is what he wanted to give. This is what he wanted you to give to me? My throat closed up as I turned the tooth, examining it. It didn't look very magical. Pacific's gaze fell to my wrist, to Apooch's mark. She let out a small gasp. I see. I looked down at the stupid symbol, rubbing it in the water like it could wash it off. Things are graver than Pacific began. She took a deep breath, straightened her hood, and said, You must promise not to tell a soul about me her powerful gaze made me think she could see right into my mind then her eyes went wide the rope she was holding jerked her beneath the water the jaguar vanished and the sea tumbled violently waves crashed it was like someone had started the earth spinning again but gave it one too many whirls as i began to paddle toward the shore an enormous wave formed behind me swelling bigger and bigger until it looked ten stories tall Pacific's voice echoed across the ocean. When I tell you to kick, you must do so with all your strength. I watched with fear as that wave grew. At the crest, it bulged, and I knew it was going to break any second and take me with it. Now, storm runner, now. I paddled and kicked like a madman, trying to keep up with the monster wave. As it broke, I rocketed forward, then plunged underneath. I was pitched and and thrown from side to side, top to bottom, spinning so violently, I didn't know which way was up. Something pressed into my back and with great force thrust me through the water at unimaginable speed. My lungs felt like they might collapse any second. Just as I was about to break the surface, I turned and saw the jaguar's face looming in the dark sea. The next thing I knew, I was on the beach choking and spitting at salt water. My body shook uncontrollably as I rolled over into a pile of slimy seaweed. I sat up, chest heaving, and looked all around me, but the jade tooth was gone. I must have dropped it. I scrambled to my knees and started digging like it might be buried in the sand, but it was nowhere to be found. Panic clutched my throat, and I couldn't breathe. At the same time, a gentle wave came in and touched my feet. I turned to see something pale green wash onto the sand. I snatched it up and my heart pounded with relief as I stared down at the thing. What are you? I whispered. Wait a second, had she called me Stormrunner? I traced the, the jade's smooth edge, the jade's smooth edges and something stirred in me. The tooth might've looked like a cold hunk of nothing, but it was something, something that mattered.